Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today there is a special report about sudden destruction. Right, Dina. And this is a special report, and we're looking at the concept of sudden destruction in the Bible, which I think is completely under-discussed and under, you know, studied. And I want to read one of the scriptures here that talks about sudden destruction. So read along with me in 1 Thessalonians. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep in the night and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Okay, that famous scripture right there is talking about sudden destruction that comes you know, at the time when they say peace and safety. Let's take a look at that a little closer, because clearly there are too many not reading this section of their Bibles, or they would not be so cavalier about their current relationships with God. What is sudden destruction? Well, I take God at his word here. It will be destruction that is sudden or without warning, basically. And what could that be? It could be man-made or nuclear event. It could be a natural, like, you know, a tsunami, super volcano, or it could be all of the above, both human and natural events in combination. And so we can see that this is going to culminate in something really horrible. And the people saying peace and safety, and notice this is critical, they say peace and safety, but actually having peace and safety is not a requirement. And that is happening right now. So everyone is talking peace and safety all around the world. And, you know, you look at the meetings that our country, the United States, has had trying to force a two-state solution program on Israel at times. And, you know, I shudder to think what will be the outcome of this anti-God move. You know, we want to be found worthy to escape because... A lot of people have this idea that if they don't make the rapture, and we know that there will be many who do not, that they will somehow be around for at least, you know, the part where they have to go through tribulation. But that is not the case at all, Dina. There is a very good possibility that if you don't make the rapture, you could be caught in something the Bible calls sudden destruction. That's right. And this is not taught enough by pastors, ministry, Christians alike, that really this cavalier idea that, oh, you know, if I don't get it on the first go, I'll be okay, you know, making it in the second round. No, if you don't make the rapture and you are caught in sudden destruction, then you are going to go to hell. And that's the bottom line. I mean, that's, you know, the truth of the matter. You won't get that 
second shot at getting it right because you'll be caught in something that's going to take place. And I believe God worded it as sudden destruction because it's going to be, yes, sudden because the rapture will be sudden, but it will also be an ultimate type of devastation. And if we look at any single event, it would only devastate one part of that world. So the sudden destruction would affect that part of the world. But I think what we're looking at, Dina, is a worldwide event. And that could be any number of things. And that's what we're doing on the show today. We're going to take a look at all the things out there that are starting to culminate towards possibly being part of a sudden destruction event. So we're going to take a look at this more closely and we're going to review many of the things that could be classified as sudden destruction. Okay, so today I'm going to list off some things that we need to consider as possible sudden destruction events that could take place immediately following the rapture of the church. And so let's begin. Let's take a look. Well, first of all, one of the biggest things that could happen is the San Andreas Fault. It's considered to be one of the most dangerous faults in the world because it is responsible for a number of earthquakes over the years. And so how was that fault formed? Well, what it actually is is two plates, the Pacific and the North American, are slowly moving past one another at a couple of inches a year. Now, they expect this fault any day to break apart, and that would lead to major, major destruction, Dina. That's right. And it would affect many, and I mean many, multiple urban and metropolitan areas throughout that whole area that that fault line travels by or through. So that could definitely be classified as a potential sudden destruction event. And since we have so many to cover, uh, we're going to keep moving through these. Another one could be the New Madrid Fault. It's also called New Madrid Seismic Zone. It's actually a series of faults or fractures at a weak spot in the Earth's crust called the Real Foot Rift. It lies deep in the Earth and cannot be seen from the surface. The fault line runs roughly 150 miles from Arkansas into Missouri and Illinois. But actually, when there's been earthquakes along that fault line, they felt it all the way from Arkansas up to Canada. Dina, it's a big one. Oh, yeah. And you know what I think about this fault? I think when we, um, Hmm. and it could be, you know, uh, it could happen during the rapture. Absolutely. It could also happen when we decide to divide Israel, that our land will be divided. Yeah. right smack in the middle of the United States. Pretty much, right. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so they have uh, organizations, they've worked with the universities in the area, and they've really studied this. Like, what is the potential for disaster should this thing, you know, go down? And here is the potential. It has to kill over 80,000 people. Can you believe that? I mean, that's a lot of people. And I believe that I, that could happen. Um, when they had an earthquake in that same area years ago, they made that earthquake made the Mississippi River go backwards. Right. Yeah. And did you know it set off bells in Philadelphia? Yes. 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 I heard about that. Right. Right. 
And there was quite a lot of devastation from that. I think it took place in the, it was the late 1800s. That's right. And the difference between then and now is we have a lot of infrastructure that has built up in this area since then. And so they say that this fault line, should it go, would potentially wipe Memphis and St. Louis from the map. Is that incredible? That's incredible. Yeah. And I believe it. I believe it. I believe that 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 could definitely happen. Right. And so we really, really have to, you know, put that as one of our big sudden destruction events. And a lot of the people out there say that that fault line's not being, you know, taken seriously for future large scale events. And it's, you know, kind of taken a backseat. And a lot of people are concerned that more isn't being done to prepare for such an event. But it definitely... You know, they're saying, experts are saying it could go at any moment and it would have wide sweeping consequences. Okay, so we're going to call that a one of the sudden destruction events, potentially. Okay, we've got another one to take a look at. There is a Cascadia fault in Seattle. And the reason this particular fault line is so dangerous and devastating is that It's actually built underneath, or the city, Seattle, is actually on this fault line. Literally over a thousand years ago, an earthquake devastated a native people who settled on Puget Sound in modern-day Washington state. And today, the city of Seattle must come to terms with the reality that it was unknowingly built atop a dangerous fault line. And this thing is really potential for disaster because we know that, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure, again, like I said, for New Madrid that have built up around this particular fault line. This thing also was, you know, creating like a tsunami effect. And boy, that community, although years ago, was pretty much destroyed completely by this thing. This particular earthquake, when it hits Mm -hmm. Seattle, it'll go to Portland. I believe it'll hit parts of California. I believe Mm -hmm. it it will go all the way up to Canada. It will be, I mean, like, for instance, um, 30 minutes from where I live in Portland, Mm -hmm. it'll devastate the west part of Portland where I live. Right. It right. will, I mean, it, it, it will be, they did a whole uh, TV uh, series on this. And they also, I believe, had um, earthquake drills in Portland um, because, and, you know, it's underneath Seattle. But uh-huh. it's, uh-huh. you know, it runs right through Portland. And we're only, um, you know, a drive, it takes about three hours to drive to Seattle from where I'm at. But uh-huh. yeah, we would feel it, feel it, and it would also create these incredible tsunamis. Like our coastline right. would be gone. Right. Right. Know? So yeah, and there's a lot more people that um, you know are are living now and have all this infrastructure. It, it would be, I mean, the bridges. You know, it would devastate the bridges, and uh-huh. and this they say is inevitable. In fact, I believe that it's overdue. Like by 300 yeah, years or something. that's what we're hearing, yeah. along with the other things we're mentioning today, are pretty much all poised to go at any moment. It's like uh, lighting a match and putting it down in gasoline. It's ready to right, go up. Right, right. 
And I just want to mention this. I don't think a lot of people know this, but that fault line up there is actually connected to the San Andreas Fault. Did you know that? I did not know that. See, that's another thing. If the Cascadia goes, the San Andreas can go. It would just be half, you know, this portion, the northwest of the United States. It would be devastating. Right. Catastrophic. Right catastrophic think you could only classify it as like a sudden destruction event yes yes definitely has the potential to be very destructive to millions and millions of people and that's you know the potential of that okay what could be another sudden destruction event well we can talk about we've talked about these huge fault line systems Uh, We can also talk about tsunamis. You know, we have seen them. I want to mention there have been a couple tsunamis that were just completely huge and devastating. You know, we mentioned Fukushima or uh, Japan's tsunami event, which was enormous when it took place in 20 March of 2011. And I mean, a whole lot of the land that was near the waterfront there was, you know, taken out to sea and houses ended up floating all the way to the coast of Alaska. Okay. And there was enormous loss of life and it was devastating. It even caused a problem, you know, with the four plant Fukushima, I believe it took out three of those, you know, nuclear plants there, and they haven't recovered from it even today. They're still digging out from that mess. Even today, you'll read headlines about something that took place 10 years ago. Yes. So that was, you know, horrible situation. There was another tsunami that happened, and that was Sri Lanka. Do you remember that one? Sri Lanka got hit with a tsunami that was, I want to say, 10 stories high. In fact, oh, yeah. And it was absolutely devastating to the people. And there was a guy on a in a 10-story building that swam out of the 10th story. That's how high that tsunami was right right and uh i'll just tell the story real quick there was a couple on an island near that area of sri lanka and they were scuba divers and they went out they were staying in a hotel resort you know resort on that island they took a boat out and they went they went scuba diving and they went underwater and they noticed that their meter was off okay mm-hmm. and that they might be in a different position than they thought and they came up they got in their boat and went back to their resort and it was completely devastated the whole island was completely gone because the tsunami had hit while they were underwater whoa yeah the resort they were in was completely gone from that event so tsunami is definitely a potential you know disaster that could take place at any moment at any time and with all the you know we've got a lot of the areas around the planet now that are melting you know the glaciers um all over the place are melting creating more water that is definitely you know a potential for more tsunami activity there is a mega tsunami wave that could wipe out new york and miami at any time because of a landslide feared in Spain, of all places. So there's a disaster expert, Dr. Simon Day, and he says a possible landslide 
caused by Cumbre Vieja volcano in the Canary Islands could unleash killer surge across the Atlantic. And they've been studying this for a while. And it waves up to 80 feet or 25 meters high could destroy New York and Miami in a mega tsunami if this landslide takes place in Spain, experts claim. And so they've done their research, and it says the apocalyptic event could also cause 10-foot or 3-meter-tall waves to slam into Britain's southwestern shoreline. So that would be a huge event, would it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one expert says the Cumbri Vieja volcano could dump a chunk of land the size of the Isle of Man into the ocean, triggering a deathly wall of water similar to the one depicted in the popular film The Day After Tomorrow. And I don't know that I haven't seen that. And uh, but it I've sounds seen it. Terrifying. I've seen it. Yeah, it it was terrifying. Right. Now, this expert says the mega tsunami could be triggered if there is a landslide in the Canary Islands. And this is a archipelago belonging to Spain, located in the Atlantic Ocean, just 60 miles from Morocco's west coast. And he says New York, Boston, and Miami, as well as the Caribbean, could be wrecked by the killer wave that could also hit Central and South American countries so i'm telling you we have no idea how bad things could get on this planet should god decide to release his hand of protection i think people forget that god you know is holding back things like these events yeah well he's the boss he holds the world in his hands you know right and right. he decides you know but that day is going to come Right, it will come. And it will be most likely because the world has been warned by God to touch not my anointed and to leave that that country, Israel, alone. But just as the Bible said, it's it's going to be a cup of trembling to the whole world in the last days, and that's exactly what we're seeing. I mean, we don't get up every morning and hear news about what are they doing in Belgium, you know, or what are they doing, you know, in Tanzania. It's always about Israel, and this is why. Because, you know, so many people, I think, if they could, you know, take out Israel, then they believe they could dispense with the whole concept of God. I think that's one of the big motives for that. But when the world comes after Israel, there will be a result. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. The tsunami that took place in Japan on March 2011 was on the exact day, an anniversary, a year from when Japan went to the United Nations and voted against Israel for the two-state solution and against Israel. And it was exact, I mean, it was the anniversary of that vote. And then God, you know, you know, they voted for land to be taken from Israel and God took land away from Japan, a large amount of it with a tsunami and with Fukushima, you know, I that hundreds of thousands of people had to be evacuated out of the Fukushima area because of the nuclear disaster there. And so, you know, that land went away. They, that land has been filled up with huge tanks of polluted water that they're storing to cool those nuclear rods. I mean, it's, this is just, 
It's unbelievable what is going on over there. So back to this thing in New York, this would be devastating to so many people, and it could happen literally at any moment, creating a sequence of waves uh, between 10 and 25 meters high on the shores of the whole east coast of America, all the way down into South America. This could be just unbelievable havoc and something the likes that we have never seen before, right? That's right. Yeah, this... Well, Jesus said that there would be tribulation that the world has never seen. Right. So that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to see destruction on a scale that um, it's going to be hard to measure. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's, you know, some of the potential of the disasters that we could begin to see. And these are all things to watch for now. But certainly, Dina, I think this is what's going to be, you know, for the left behind to face. And if they get caught in any of these events, you know, and they they are not going to make it. You can't, you couldn't possibly live through some of this stuff. And so this is devastating. And, you know, these tsunamis and all this, you know, any of this could happen. And so we're going to move forward with some more stuff Here's another major event that could take place is volcanoes. Volcanoes present a huge amount of potential for disasters. We've seen a lot of activity on the Ring of Fire, which is, you know, this Pacific Ring, which is, you know, the coasts of all the countries that are facing into the Pacific Ocean. Various volcanoes are lined up on that whole you know, circumference. And, you know, there's been a tremendous uptick of activity of all these volcanoes, one of them being Krakatoa. Krakatoa, just like we mentioned, you know, that fault situation in Seattle, there was an eruption of Krakatoa in the late 1800s, you know, and that happened also with the New Madrid Fault in the late 1800s, but Krakatoa erupted. Now that's over, for anybody who doesn't you know, I say geographically challenged, that happened over in, it's kind of located, let me give you the exact location of where this is. It's it's a caldera in the Sunda Strait between the islands of Java and Sumatra in the Indonesian province of Lampung. And the caldera is part of a volcanic island group, and it's comprising four islands. It had a famous eruption in 1883 that was literally devastating to that area at that time. Every time it erupts, it causes massive tsunamis, you know, historically. And when the volcano collapsed in the ocean, it generated a tsunami at least 120 feet tall, which is so powerful, it tossed blocks of coral weighing 600 tons on the shore, and it carried a steamship one mile inland, killing all 28 crewmen and wiping out 165 villages in nearby Java and Sumatra. Wow. Right. This thing is huge and has the potential for being, you know, very devastating at a time when and we're talking 1800s. We, Dina, I've given you a picture to put up. They don't have photographs of this event, but somebody has drawn a picture, and you can kind of see what took place in the late 1800s. This thing, it killed 30,000 people in the late 1800s, 
Okay, so what do you think it's going to do now that that whole area is full of people? I mean, the numbers of death, people dying is going to be, you know, uncountable mm-hmm. at this at this juncture. And experts have said that the thing is due to happen again. It could happen at any moment. And they are concerned. They are concerned. And I don't know why, you know, I've said this before on this show, I'm not sure, really sure why people like to build near volcanoes and mountains, you know, but they do for some reason. <laughs> and that's no different for Krakatoa and other volcanoes like it. People tend to want to be by mountains and, you know, so they build, you know, into these areas and boy, it's uh, this is serious business. And um, I just one other comment about Krakatoa. It put out so much ash that the ash covered the whole planet, Dina. Wow. Right. It was made the whole planet dark from all the ash. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Right. Right. Okay. We've got another situation with potential for sudden destruction and that is a glacier in antarctica that's losing about 50 billion tons of ice every year and right now it's just hanging by the edge of the seabed it's the size of florida okay think about that and so when it breaks off there will be a sea level rise of two feet worldwide now that's a global raise in the sea level if that goes then other glaciers might follow behind it. It's kind of blocking it almost, blocking other glaciers. If it pulls down other glaciers with it into the ocean, it could actually bring up our sea level from 3 to 10 feet globally. Nobody knows what the ramifications of that might be if that much water you know, change were to take place definitely would create a lot of problems and this is definitely something that's going down now they're watching it closely obviously you're not going to hear about this much on the news they're not talking about it you know how do you stop a glacier that's you know hanging by the edge of a seabed that's the size of florida you know (laughs) you know this is definitely it's crazy to think about trying to comprehend it you know Right, exactly, exactly. And I mentioned before Fukushima. Again, that's another potential for sudden destruction are nuclear disasters, okay? And we're certainly seeing the potential of that. You know, Fukushima is already a big problem for us. They're going to start releasing radioactive water into the sea in 2023, and that's definitely going to be disastrous, for sure. But um, there's a lot of plants around. They put these plants by water, waterways, you know, whether it be large rivers or, you know, oceanfront, because they've got to have regular cooling of these nuclear rods. Okay. And that's why they do it that way. But I tell you what, if we have any of these other types of disasters I've mentioned, like tsunamis and things of that nature, if they hit nuclear, you know, uh, plants, you know, we're going to have nuclear disasters like Fukushima all over the place. So this is not a good look and uh, definitely could be a um, sudden destruction event. Okay, here's another potential sudden destruction event. And we know that this is a definite possibility. 
and that is asteroids and things coming in. And we already know, we've talked about this, NASA is getting ready to hit a missile at a asteroid called Dimorphos Monday, September 26th. They want to hit it to see if they can divert it from hitting the Earth. It's They say it's an experiment. I don't know. It's a $330 million experiment. And it's very interesting that they're doing this. And there are asteroids. Recently, there was an asteroid that came in closer than any other asteroid to the Earth. You know, God has spared us, Dina, from asteroid activity. In fact, if you do a study on planet Earth, you would find if our location in outer space, we are in a location where we are not being pelted with asteroids. God specifically put us in a place where we are protected from that sort of thing. Anybody who doesn't think God's in charge better rethink their position because we are most fortunate that we have not just been pelted with these things like other parts of the universe. But that can all change when we, you know, see sudden destruction. And I believe it's coming. Now, here's another thing that could bring sudden destruction, and it is nuclear war. And there's a strong possibility that through nuclear warfare, human civilization will be completely annihilated, is what the experts say. But we know that it's coming for sure, because we can look at the scripture. So let's take a look at the scripture, Zechariah 14, 11 through 13. People will live there and never again will there be an utter destruction. So Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this will be the plague with which the Lord strikes all the people who have warred against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, a great panic from the Lord will come upon them, so that each will seize the hand of another, and the hand of one will rise against the other. So, you know, we can see that the nuclear event could happen, and we know it is great potential. Recently, Putin put out an order that he is, you know, willing to use weapons of destruction, and he said in his warning, I am not bluffing. And so, you know, he is willing, he's also able to do this. As well as we've got North Korea that possesses nuclear weapons, potentially. And we have Iran that potentially will want to use them. You know, there are other countries that possess nuclear weapons. United States Israel. is one of them. Israel Britain. also. Not France. United Kingdom and France, right? And China. India. All, India. I believe and Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, let me see if I have a figure here. But the last I checked, they have reduced the number of nuclear weapons. But I mean, really, at this point, all you need is one nuclear weapon to really just devastate the landscape and create havoc for the whole planet, right? Especially one of Russia's nuclear weapons. Right. Right. And even China's. China, you know, um, like Russia, has a weapon that can go all the way around the world and even undetected. So Mm -hmm. Russia and China Mm -hmm. both have that capability. Now, I don't know if the U.S. has that type of weapon. Um, The Uh U.S. is a little bit more quieter. They don't, Uh we don't boast about what type of weapons we have. Now and then we will. And I think that's scary. 
you know, because uh-huh. we're not bragging about it. They'll find out, like, you know, what happened in World War II. With, right. Uh, Japan, right. Hiroshima. And, you know, they said that they, they awakened the giant, which was the United States at that time. So, yeah, it could be devastating. You know, I don't see the United States, you know, firing off any nuclear weapons anytime soon. You know, we don't have uh-huh. a uh, policy like that. But China and Russia has scrubbed their policies of waiting to get struck first. They uh-huh. changed it to where they, if they feel that their territory, their sovereignty is being threatened, they will strike. So, yeah. Right, right. According to Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, the worldwide total inventory of nuclear weapons as of 2021 stood at 13,080. Around 30% of these are deployed with operational forces and more than 90% are owned by either Russia or the United States. Okay, so that kind of gives you a feel for the landscape having to do with nuclear weapons. And you can see why Russia is, you know, very interested in us because, of course, we possess a lot of nuclear weapons, as they do, and he's kind of a power grab leader, and he's not very happy with the United States right now because of our stance towards the war with Ukraine, and we're obviously almost even fighting a proxy war by, you know, supporting the weapons of Ukraine against Russia. And so it's sort of like... We're supplying their weapons. We're giving them like billions and billions of dollars worth of weapons to Ukraine. And support, right, right. And support, Exactly, right. So it's the same as, you know, we're practically in the war ourselves, in so many words, on a neutral ground. Would you not agree, Dina? Yes. But um, so there you go. I mean, 13,080 nuclear weapons that we know of. And then, of course, then there are terrorist groups that probably possess them. I've heard of dirty bombs planted around that all they have to do is basically strike the area they're already planted and set to go off. You've probably heard of that too, Dina? Yes, sleeper cells. Right. So this is definitely, I mean, a head-on definite sudden destruction potential event. You know, like I said, we talk about 13,000 nukes. I mean, all you need is one or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, we exactly. don't really need to know about 13,000, you know. But wow, I mean, that's just, oh boy, that could just be devastating. And like I said, if you don't go in the rapture and you get caught in one of the locations that is devastated by a nuclear strike, you're going to go to hell, okay? You are not going to get that opportunity to get right with God. So this is how serious our discussion today is, right, Dina? That's right. That's right. Um, You know, the bottom line is, you guys, to be ready at all times. And that's what this program is about. Because, you know, when sudden destruction hits, that's it. There's... There's no time to repent. I encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, stop wasting time (laughs) and call out to him today. Today is the day of your salvation. Now, we were talking about nuclear warheads, but again, I want to bring up the potential of a nuclear disaster. And, you know, this could be very precarious. Like I said, if we have a lot of areas around the planet that are suddenly struck with tsunamis where a nuclear plant is, that could be devastating. But there's also another situation right now, the Zaporizhia power plant in 
Ukraine is Russian occupied due to this war. And uh, Dr. Paul Dorfman, a nuclear safety expert who has advised the British and French government, says Ukraine and parts of Russia, Central Europe are at a risk of radioactive plume coming from the station. I mean, we're hearing about shelling and storage of weapons in, in a, near a nuclear plant. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, uh, water and vinegar, right? It's just not, <laughs> or oil and vinegar. That is not a good mix, right? Right. And I have provided for Dina a little map to put up. If something, you know, crazy happens to this nuclear plant, these are the countries that would suffer from it. And there's a whole list of them here. Germany, Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, of course, where it's located, Slovakia, Austria, Moldova, Romania, Hungary, Bulgaria, Slovenia, and Turkey even. I mean, that's a lot of people. The population, that is huge. That is huge. And so, again, this is, I'm not saying that this could actually be a sudden destruction event. I'm just giving it as an example of what could possibly go wrong at that point. And so we need to really, really be watching all of this and, of course, as you see these things mounting up, as they are, we know that Jesus is coming really, really soon. Now, let me give you another example of something that could potentially go wrong and create a sudden destruction event. And that is something we've heard people talk about is an EMP attack. And so what is that exactly? Well, a nuclear electromagnetic pulse, EMP or NEMP, is a burst of electromagnetic radiation created by a high-altitude nuclear explosion. And its gamma rays excite electrons in the air, resulting in rapidly varying electric magnetic fields that may couple with electrical and electronic devices or systems to produce damaging current and high-voltage surges. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, basically, that's a fancy, elaborate description of basically shutting down our power grids. This could happen all over the world. It could happen to any continent. It could happen to any city. And what would be the result of it? Well, it would be devastating. I mean, there would be people die from such an event. And also, and, something to think about, not to cut you off, Susan, but... I believe that when Jesus comes, you know, even he's God, all right? So even though he's going to meet us in the sky, it's going to be, and now we're going to be floating up to heaven, right? Graves are going to bust open, okay? There's got to be, I would think, some type of earth shattering, earth quick, you know? So imagine an EMP at the same time of an earthquake, Oh, it, it would be, you know, most devastating. And, you know, the whole world is cued into being run by electricity. And so it would be most devastating. That's for sure. Okay, well, let's move on. We want to just mention that right now there's activity with a super volcano that has eruption alert has raised after hundreds of earthquakes in the area. It's Taupo in New Zealand. And at one point... 5,000 years ago, it has created the world's largest eruption. And so, you know, they call it a super volcano. 
and it has a potential to be devastating, especially to that area of the world. But again, like I said, we don't know the ramifications of something that large erupting. The one when Krakatoa erupted, the the dust went through the whole you know, atmosphere that covered the whole planet. So what does that mean exactly to a planet? We don't know. But, you know, they're raising concerns about it because there have been 700 small earthquake swarms in in and near this super volcano right now. So this, again, is the potential they've raised. The volcanic alert system has been raised a level because of these volcano swarms. And this volcano caused the biggest eruption in the world 1,800 years ago, also at that time. So we've had a couple of eruptions, very devastating. So, you know, we've got a lot of potential for disaster around the world. We didn't even touch on Yellowstone and what that might mean. And there are actually so many volcanoes around the planet. There's so many fault lines, so many potential earthquakes. Earthquakes right now have increased in diversity, just as the Bible said it would, that you would see them in many diverse places. When they happen, they're devastating. And loss of life and all of that. We also are seeing a lot going on around the planet with landslides and and flooding. And we have not really, really experienced what life is like when you have God removing his hand of protection. And so we don't want to be here to see that. And like I said, the whole concept of sudden destruction has been downplayed, I believe, in the churches. And I think it's really important that we take a look at, you know, being ready for the rapture at all costs whatever it takes and you know comes to mind is revelation 3:10 it says because thou hast kept the word of my patience i also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the world now this was addressed to the church of philadelphia and in the greek word from also means ek meaning out of and this means completely out of and not going through the event it's a very clear indication here that god is keeping philadelphia from something that comes upon the whole world but philadelphia is coming out of this event that's the one church of seven that god says specifically that he's saving them there are overcomers in other six churches i'm not sure about you know all of them but there are potential for people to make it out of some of the other churches But Philadelphia, you know, was the one that God said he would save. And he says they're weak. They're, you know, they're small in numbers. So it's not going to be a lot of people, according to the Bible. And so we need to get serious about our relationship with the Lord. And if you want to know more about these topics that we're talking about, I recommend that you go back to our series that we did, a video series on Revelation for Beginners. It is a video series that covers the 22 chapters of Revelation. It's specifically made for people who are reading Revelation for the first time or have read it and been discouraged 
by trying to understand it. And, you know, if you could go back and study with us, then you can kind of put some of all of this together. Like what we're talking about today is the topic of sudden destruction. And some of the things we've mentioned today, Dina and I, we've talked about are some of the many things that are coming together right now, even as we speak, to be potential disasters. And we believe that's because the Lord's coming is so soon and that these will culminate into sudden destruction events on the planet. And our warning today is, you know, basic. It's get your life together. Get right with Jesus. Turn to him. Focus on him. Turn your life over. Surrender. Make him your Lord and master. Repent of your sin and ask that you could have to be in the will of the Father and be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to walk with him daily, have a relationship with Jesus is critical and read the Bible and get, you know, get serious with God. You're going to have to let go of something to do that. But um, these kind of choices need to be made because you do not want to be here for what's coming. And it's coming really fast now. Right, Dina? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, um, get close to God. And you know what? He'll never turn his back on you. If you want to know him, he's going to welcome you with open arms. And for those that have walked away, the prodigal son or daughter, read the story in Luke. He runs. The dad runs to the prodigal son. You know, he could see him afar off and he runs to him. He throws a party for him. God cannot wait to have you back in his embrace. So those that have walked away, come back. Those that, you know, have yet to surrender, surrender your life to Christ today. I promise you, you will not regret it. A relationship with Jesus is amazing. It is, it's, put it this way, no one and nothing can love you more than Christ. He fills that emptiness in your heart that no one else can fill. I don't care if it's your husband, your mother, your father. There is a special place inside your heart, in your spiritual heart, that only the Holy Spirit can fill. So give him a chance today. Just go to him with a humble, sincere heart. Ask for forgiveness of your sins. You know, repent of them. Walk away from them. Turn your back on them. If you need help, ask Jesus for strength. He will give you the strength to uh, to overcome. Also, I would suggest getting baptized. Jesus was baptized. You don't have to get baptized, but, you know, the thief on the cross wasn't, but Jesus did. I, I went and got baptized, you know. Um, read your Bible so that God can talk to you and um, tell somebody about Jesus. Tell them that you've given your life to Christ. And, and let me tell you something else. When you say that prayer, you know, sometimes, you know, you might feel a little different and sometimes you won't. But if you continue to walk with Christ, you will have encounters with him, divine encounters with him. In fact, um, you know, go through our playlist on Jesus 24 seven. And um, we've got videos on divine encounters with God, intimacy with God, um, you know, reading the Bible, adventures in Bible reading. We've got so many rich videos, spiritually rich, Holy Spirit filled videos that will help you in your walk with Christ. So, um, and if you have any questions, you know, we're also here for you, right, Susan? Oh, amen. Amen. 
I'm so, trying to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Susan, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and talking about this very important topic that is not spoken about as much as it should be. And I also want to hear from all of you, you know, leave your comments below this video. And um, Susan, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just we love it when people watch and share and subscribe. And we just encourage you to go back to our older videos. They're very, you know, a lot of topics like Dina mentioned and uh, take advantage of that too. Yeah, and this video will be uploaded to our Jesus 24-7 playlist. And you'll also find it on our Rumble channels. And also it will be available on podcast. So you'll be able to hear it on Google and Anchor, um, Apple and Spotify. All right, everybody. So with all of that said, thank you again, Susan. Thank you to the audience. We love you. And we will be talking to you soon. God bless.